Welcome to Business in the Front and Party in the Back podcast. podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Lauren. The podcast where we're talking about business mixed in with a little bit of party. And I'm handling the party this week, Lauren, just so you know, because that's normally yes. your department. <laughs> so, so hopefully it won't be a sleep fest, Michelle. Oh, no pressure. God, come on. I'm bringing my flute out. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Please, God. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about putting a positive spin on the big R word rejection makes me cringe yes rejection yeah even just the yeah even just the sound of it it makes your skin crawl a little bit but we're going to put a positive spin as you said um and give our listener at home a a few tips and tricks you know to get through it and and feel okay you know coming out the other side um but before we get into that um I just wanted to check in with you I mean we do live in in different cities um and so what have you been getting up to have you been keeping yourself occupied Yeah, well, it's been a really busy week since we talked. I, uh, as you know, I'm working on my consultancy business on the side. Well, pretty much full time now. And uh, I have, I set myself up with a membership. So basically it's a Raw Raw Spirit Team membership. And it's where people can come and get business tips and tricks, training a couple times a month, handouts, support, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's been a really big learning experience for me. I had to build, I, I got a new plugin for my website and figuring out the pay system and putting in the codes and getting people to test for me. And, you know, uh, it's funny how, you know, cause I, I'm big on time management and I help a lot of people with accountability. And, you know, one of the things that I like to stress to people is to schedule in your jobs and also to put in a time frame to execute the job. But I actually didn't time frame it properly because my whole theory is that if you give yourself a deadline, you will get it done within that time. But I forgot that when you're learning something and when you're slightly, I'm a, I'm a perfectionist to a point. I don't think it's a detrimental, you know, sometimes people are so perfectionist that they don't actually do anything Mm -hmm. or it stops them from advancing. I'm not at that degree. But at the same time, if I'm following a training tutorial and they say to do X, Y, Z, I need to make sure X, Y, Z is exactly how I want it done, which sometimes, well, in my case this week took me a few hours to do. So yeah, but aside from that, it's been really great. Uh, You know, I got my spiritual podcast launched as well. So I've been, I thought that the Podbean, you know, um, program that, that we use the hosting platform that we're also using for, you know, our podcast here actually was sending the RSS feed out to all the apps on its own magically, but apparently that doesn't happen. So, which is cool. I just had to learn, you know, what to do and uh, assign it all to the different places. And, you know, I can tell you probably how you're feeling a bit today. It's when you see, you know, your podcast in the store or in an app, it just feels, oh, that's why I've been working so hard. You know, there it is. It's sitting there for real. And, you know, our episode our first episode launched today, which is pretty exciting. So yay us, say. Yay, yeah, high five, virtual, of yeah. course. Yeah. So um, I will say too, I had a bit of an attitude problem this week. And um, you know when sometimes you just feel low energy and 
you feel as though you're putting in so much time and you're not advancing as fast, you know, and I know it's the game of patience and I totally get that. It doesn't mean that I'm not human and I don't have a couple moments where I go, why isn't this stuff running faster or happening quicker? Uh, I ended up going for a bit of a drive and I put on a podcast and then I had a light bulb moment, a great idea. And then I put on some music and just sang and changed my attitude around. So, you know, that's kind of some of the things we're going to be talking about in the show today about finding that positive spin and working through rejection because really we're in control of that. And it's funny how we can allow ourselves to sort of feel bad and wallow if we want, or we can just go, no, I, I don't want that. So yeah. So it was a pretty big week. <laughs> what about yeah. you, girl? I can't imagine. I was just thinking, I can't imagine after outlining everything that you've done, I can't imagine why you were feeling like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Some people just operate at 140%, you know, and other people yeah. are at about 50% and they're pretty happy with that. I think we're both 140% girls. Um, yeah, so yeah. it's quite normal, you know, for us to go through that. And it sounds yeah. like your drive, you know, maybe got you into a bit of alignment. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. that idea dropped in and that's yeah, a bit of a sign that you, um, yeah. That that's right. Alignment. And I think, you know, we forget that sometimes we need to allow space mm-hmm. and we need to, you know, take an hour off or, you know what I mean? And yeah, it was, it was interesting because the other day I interviewed on the Raw Rock uh, forthcoming podcast, a sleep specialist. And she was talking about how she's a huge advocate for napping. Mm. And I was like, I love napping. I love it. And, you know, you come back more refreshed. So I think that, you know, whether or not you have time to nap in your day or not, still allowing that space, like you're saying, to get back in alignment and to allow those great ideas to enter. Cause if you're just busy working and thinking all the time, then when does inspiration have a chance to rear its head? Yeah. And that's a lot of what we're talking about today. You know, we're dealing with something that feels a bit unpleasant. Um, and if you get caught up in that loop, and I think a lot of people do that where they get caught in that loop, you don't achieve anything. If you're going around and around and around, this happened to me, this happened to me, you never get out of that. And you can't, as you said, get the space to have those awesome ideas drop in. So that's a lot about what we'll be discussing. Um, And it's going to be useful. It's going to be useful. Yeah. So you've been busy though. Oh, well, you know, I mean, I'm a (laughs) 140% girl as well. Um, So I've got my spiritual business off the ground and I'm doing, um, you know, more than 20 readings a week. It's been increasing every week. I've got my Facebook live. So I'm speaking at an online expo this weekend. Um, you know, yeah, it's, it's great. Like I love, um, and I'm editing the episodes that we're recording for this, uh, for this podcast. Um, so yeah, like I just really, I like that, you know, I enjoy that, but also, um, it is important what you said about creating space. And for me, that's, you know, going for a jog in the morning is, uh, getting out, feeling my feet on the pavement, saying a few mantras. We've spoken about that in previous episodes. It's really important to give yourself the time. We'll also be talking a little bit more about uh, self-care, which we haven't discussed uh, previously, I don't believe. Um, So a little bit about what we do to, I guess, keep ourselves feeling uh, beautiful and feminine, but also it's it's to do with self-worth. I think for um, for us, it it makes you um, feel happy, you know, and loved and, you know, to pamper yourself, I guess. It's about receiving, yeah, about receiving. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's Um, true. Yeah. So um, you've been very busy. Uh, I think I've been very busy. And um, what we want to probably get into now is just talking about our theme. And, and as you mentioned um, at the top, it was uh, it's about rejection. 
and that you know sometimes doesn't feel the best you and I mesh um, at work and then we were made redundant by the company and we've been sort of good mates ever since and we were, we were mates before but um, I yeah. guess it changes a little bit once you both lose jobs at the same time and um, for me <laughs> kind of rely on each other a little bit more you know yeah. it's just like moral support I think <laughs> exactly exactly and for me you know it might be a different story for you Lauren but I grew up as an only child so if I got told no I wasn't a happy chappy. Like it didn't, it didn't go down well. I didn't have to share growing up. It's like, I didn't, I guess I got told, no, I had boundaries, but it's still something along the lines of growing up as an only child, you do, you are quite privileged because you have your parents full attention. So it's one of those things when I was sort of told you don't have a job anymore, it brought up, it triggered, yeah, it triggered a lot of emotions in me. And that was something mm. that I've had to kind of work through. And I think that's interesting because it's going to be different for different people. But I definitely feel like it was sort of that only child syndrome. Some people have the middle child, you know, the first child, the last child, all those different things. But for me, I had a bit of the early child, only child syndrome, and that triggered a few things uh, in me. And the other thing that was difficult was being in an, um, a pandemic is there's no media journalism jobs or they're very few and far between. So I'm going for roles and there's hundreds of people applying for the same role. So normally you would only be up against, you know, 80 maximum, that sort of thing. Some of the jobs I'm going for, there's 700 people going for the same jobs. So I'm getting a lot of those no's, a lot of the thank you for applying, but no, uh, I haven't even had an interview since we were both made redundant. So that's, wow. that's been tricky. That's been a tricky thing to deal with. Um, but you know what? It's actually good sometimes getting the letter because not hearing, I think, is worse. At least you can kind of cross it off and say, well, that right. happened. So yeah. in a way, I think getting the rejection letter, and I'm putting my fingers up at inverted commas there, it, it, it's a little bit of relief in that to kind of go, okay, so I'm moving on to the next thing. Uh, so that's yeah. been the process that I've been going through. Um, and my Do you feel, I just yeah. want to ask you, Michelle, sort of thing yeah. off, but you know, when you don't get a response, it's almost, you play that, you know, that story in your head where you go, well, maybe they didn't get it. Maybe it got lost in, you know, in transit. It's kind mm -hmm. of when you're expecting to get an email or a text message or a phone call from someone. Well, is my phone still ringing? Can someone call my phone to just double check? It's actually taking calls right now. <laughs> it's like when you're dating someone in the early stages, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That it's kind hilarious. of thing. I've done that before. Um, and six months down the track, you're still like, well, maybe it just takes a really long time. Maybe it's just taking a really long time for them to get back to me. You know? Uh, no. Six months, too long. We need to we need to move on. Um, but look, Lauren, one of my intentions was when I was applying for these jobs, and I'm not anymore because I'm doing my spiritual business full time. However, when I was doing that, it was I wanted to find something to fit my skill set. And what I was sort of saying to myself is I don't want to be a square peg trying to fit into a round hole. That isn't me. So there were jobs where I was like, oh, maybe, maybe this stretch, you know, I don't really, I haven't really done marketing too much. I did marketing and tape, but haven't really done it since. And that sort of thing. It's like, we don't want to be stretching that far because you're more likely to get those rejection letters. So we want to start yeah. to think about what, what is my skill set and be really clear about that. And this, this yeah. is a little around manifesting setting an intention to yeah. manifesting it's like exactly. being really, really clear really really yeah. clear with what you want so you you would agree with that 
Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, last week we talked a lot about manifestation. So if anyone missed that episode, I would really highly recommend you go and listen to it. Uh, I think that, you know, you and I are spiritual people. And so, you know, while this is a business podcast, we're not going to not go into that spiritual world as well, because it's a lot of the reasons why I think you and I are so resilient and why I think that we have a different perspective and can offer a different perspective than, you know, what other podcasts might be, you know, telling people to do or suggesting or sharing, you know, their own version. So I think that, yeah, I'm going to go into some tips and tricks in a minute about how to, you know, deal with rejection and how to help yourself out. But, you know, before we go into that, I think that that you're right, you know, you need to be clear about what you want and you need to know that you can get what you want. And I think that, you know, we talk about our age all the time on here and I, I don't think that age is, is a big deal, but the only reason why I like to mention it now and again is because I can say really grand things like, I've been working on this for 20 years or nearly 20 years. And, you know, it's true. And, you know, I think that one of the things that age has been able to teach me, and believe me, I know that I have a lot still to learn. I'm not saying that I've got it all figured out or I'm not human and I don't have low days, you know. But one of the things that I know is that I've been able to deal with rejection a lot easier in my older years than I was when I was younger. And I think that a lot of that honestly has come from, self-love and my, you know, kind of appreciation of the person that I am and my skill set and understanding, you know, my value. And I think that, you know, sometimes there's this part of our brain and Eckhart talks about as the pain body, but Eckhart Tolle's story, I always reference his work because it was so impactful and is so impactful to me, but he talks about the pain body, how we almost get addicted to feeling these sort of emotions and feeling down. And, you know, that's one of the things with rejection is when you're rejected for something, you have two ways that you can deal with it. Number one, you can feel sad and, you know, you can wallow in self-pity <laughs> or you can just recognize that, you gave it a go, you weren't the right fit. And so, you know, that's what I think that I've been able to do a little bit more. You know, when we were made redundant from the company, I thought they were crazy to let us go. Honestly, I, I mean, yeah, I felt sad. I cried. I grieved, you know, even the other day I was just thinking, I just went through, you know, an hour of just going, wow, I can't believe I, you know, got made redundant from my job. That's just crazy. And, and yet at the same time, I went, who do they think they are letting us go? And I think that, you know, with big business, you sometimes have to look at the bottom line and make those decisions. But I think that that's where big business can sometimes get it wrong is because, yeah, you need to look at the bottom line. But if you have people that are working 140% and, you know, and I know there's always other stories that are going on. There's personalities that don't get along with other personalities. You and I are strong women. We're not going to be for everyone. And that's fine because I wouldn't change a thing. Mm -hmm. And so the fact of the matter, though, is that, you know, when you're dealing with rejection, I actually think it doesn't say much about you. It says more about whether or not you're the fit for that thing or, you know, that person or that, 
you know, environment. I remember when I was in my early, early, early 20s and I was traveling around the UK and I worked at a little pub, okay? And you had to go in and you have your first month trial. So I passed the first month trial and I, uh, you know, I thought, oh, this is cool because it was a really cool place I was working. And then one day I got pulled into the office and they said, I'm sorry, it's not working out. And I went, okay, well, why not? And then they went, you know, when it's just the not the right fit. And I went, uh, no, but okay. So, but can you, you know, I understand that, you know, you're not going to, I'm not working here anymore and whatever, but can I just have some feedback, you know, is there anything I should work on? Are there, you know, no, they did not have anything to tell me or give me. They just said I wasn't the right fit. And I think that, you know, sometimes that's just the truth. You know, you know what it's like when you meet somebody and you just go, damn, I want to be friends with that person. They just fit properly. Sometimes it's just not the right fit. Mm. any thoughts on that yeah I've got a similar story um which it just reminded me when you were saying that uh when I was in my first job so I was at Hungry Jack's and I was just a crew member um sometimes working in the burger room and sometimes on front counter or drive-thru uh and I really wanted to I was aspiring to be one of the production leaders what they call production leaders so it's like a uh manager you know for that particular shift um and there was one particular lady and she just didn't really believe in me. And it was one of those people, have you ever had that? It's, I don't know, sometimes it's with the female boss. When you have a female boss, um, there's a bit of a weird thing. And I just- Michelle, it's called ego. Yeah. Ego. <laughs> so she was very, very confident. She's a real D personality, very confident. She'd like march in the room and you always felt like you were doing something wrong. It was like working with the police. You know, when you're driving down the road and the cops are behind you and you're like, oh my God, did I indicate early enough? Oh, and you feel like you're doing something wrong when my tires bald, you know, it was like that. Every time she came in the room, I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. Am I, you know, am I doing something? Did I just, uh, and it just made me second guess everything. It just made me very, very nervous. And so all the other managers thought that I was great. And they're like, you know, we should lift her up. We should put her in that role. And this one particular, and she was the only woman boss that I had, um, and she was store manager. She just didn't believe in me. She was like, no, I don't think she's got the skills, this and that. And she was just really down on me. And I ended up progressing. I did get into the role. But I continued to feel very, very nervous and just unsettled around her. But what it actually did, and I think maybe you feel like this with that role that you were talking about as well, is I feel like it actually made me stronger. And I was like, no, like I want to prove her wrong. And ever since that experience in life, whenever someone's told me no, I've always wanted to prove them wrong. So obviously we're getting rejection letters and that's all well and good. We're not going to go for the same job over and over, but it's like, you know what? I may not be right for that role and, but I'm going to keep trying. I don't give up. And that's, I guess you and I in a nutshell is we don't give up. We just keep mm. trying. And I think mm -hmm. that's my message uh, for the listener at home is, is just to keep trying. Don't worry about what people say to you. Um, mm -hmm. We're not a story. And that's, I don't identify with that um the experience with someone sort of saying to me you're not really good enough 
I don't identify with that. I'm like, no, <laughs> like, I am. Yeah. And it makes you fight back. So the message I think is, is fight back, keep fighting back. Yeah. My response to that is always, well, you're lost because I'm great. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And we should have said that to the company as we were walking out, but we didn't. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just tweet it to them later. Uh, I remember one time when I worked in, I worked in a cinema when I was 18. And it's funny because I don't think about these things until, you know, we have these sort of conversations and I go, oh yeah, that happened. (laughs) Anyway, I remember I went away for a long time, you know, and traveled and came back and I asked to work there again at the freaking cinema. Okay. And, uh, yeah, they, I wasn't the right fit for them either. And I know the reason for that was because I stand up for myself. I say what I believe in. I'm a hard worker. And so that means that I expect other people to follow suit. And, you know, sometimes that's actually not that that can work to my detriment at times because not everyone is operating on the same level. And my whole you know, experience has always been, well, when you're at work, why wouldn't you just work as hard as you can? I don't understand why you would do anything else because you're not being paid to just sit around and screw up, screw around on socials. I don't even check my socials, you know? Um, and I remember I learned that initially, I don't know if I told this story. I think I did about Tim Hortons when I got fired from my very first yes. job. And he basically said, I don't pay you to just hang out. And I, <laughs> never had anyone explain it to me like that. And it was the most amazing opportunity. So, you know, I think that sometimes through rejection, we also are gifted an opportunity. And I know that when that happened to me, I was gifted the massive opportunity of what's called work ethic. And, you know, I always, like I grew up in a house where I understood work ethic. It was shown to me every single day. My mom ran her own business. My dad worked long, long, long hours and always had good, you know, reputation work ethic. So I always saw that. And, you know, I had a job from the time I was young, my brother from the time he was 13. So I grew up in a house where we all just worked and that was just what you do. But I'd never had it explained to somebody kind of outside my circle. And it's funny how you sometimes listen to people that aren't your family in a different way, (laughs) even if you're being shown what to do. And, uh, you know, so with rejection, there's always an opportunity to find that small silver lining or that clarity or have faith that there's something waiting for you. And for us, um, the grass is greener. I think sometimes it's, it's not. But I've been saying that a bit to people. I've been like, I know that there's a, a theory um, that the grass isn't greener. You should just stick with what you're doing. But I, I reject that now. I'm like, for me, and I think for you, you'd agree that the grass sometimes is greener on the other side and, and it has been yeah. for us. Yeah. yeah. So I think it and was I, definitely a blessing. I think sometimes too, you also don't know. And I think for, you know, for you, your business has really come off and it's really going, you know, I don't know why I want to say the term gangbusters. Gangbusters, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe that's why I pulled that from you because I thought that is not a word I use. So thanks for putting that in my brain, Michelle. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. This is a totally different kind of show now. But, um, you know, I think that, you know, for myself, I recognize that I'm backing myself and I know that my business is going to thrive and grow. And I have faith that that's going to happen because I haven't been shown another alternative And I haven't been, you know, shown, like gone down the wrong path or anything. You know how sometimes when you're, let me use a road as an example. So let's say you're driving from A to B 
and you think you want to go to your B destination, but all the while you're driving, you're getting all of these roadblocks and these hurdles and these red lights and this, you know, your tire blows and all these sort of things start to happen to you. Well, you know, I think sometimes you can definitely pick and choose what signs you listen to, but I think that if there are five, 10, 15 sort of signs, then maybe you should probably pay attention to not go to destination B and I'm not getting any signs but help. So I know that without a doubt that whatever it is, it's going to happen is going to work itself out. And I guess I, I put that in down to faith. And, you know, the reason why I'm talking about this is because, you know, when you talk about the grass is greener, if you and I hadn't been made redundant, we never would have developed this podcast. We never would have hopefully helped even one listener at home, whoever, you know, you are at home, we're talking to you, you know, you've been really instrumental in supporting me and the things that I'm doing. Hopefully I've been able to add value and different perspectives in the things that you're doing. And I know that we're following, Ooh, I'm getting goosebumps, but we're being guided along the path we were meant to go down. And if we had been made redundant, AKA been rejected, which is, you know, the whole theme of the show today, then we would still be there. And I can tell you, we were dealing with stress. We were dealing with things that, you know, yeah, we could just coast through or, or work through that day or process or whatever, because at the end, we still enjoyed what we were doing, but I really don't think Michelle, it was what was selling, setting our souls on fire. And, you know, we are meant to do more than just that. And I think that that's a really huge indicator that rejection is also a gift. Yeah. And there is a period of adjustment, I think, because initially, as you know, I was trying to get back into kind of the same role as what I was doing before. And there is that it's, it's that comfort zone thing. It's like, I did love my job and I was in my comfort zone, I guess. And yeah, so initially I was just trying to get back to where I was. And then there was a moment where I was like, well, I do this other thing, you know, I've always done readings and stuff and maybe I'll just do that while I'm applying for jobs. And then I just stopped applying for jobs. It was just this kind of one day decision. I was just like, well, I'm fully booked. I mean, I've got, uh, I'm earning more. I started earning more than I was earning as a journalist. Um, and I just felt like, well, it's kind of silly. Like it's kind of silly to keep applying for things when I'm earning more than I was before. And I'm working fewer days out of the week. Like I'm squeezing work from everything home. into, yeah. And I'm working from home. So it gives me time to do the podcast and other things. Um, yeah. And I wasn't and even- what you're doing? Oh my God. I mean, it's the, the, the thing is that the hard thing is about this when you're self-employed and especially when it's a skill where it's not tangible, like I'm not selling someone a product. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And so it's like this natural ability because uh, I do healings as well. I mean, it's a yeah. natural ability and it's not something that people kind of purchase and order on Amazon. I mean, yeah, it's not a physical thing. So I think that was something that I really struggled with where I was like, well, yeah, it kind of comes naturally to me, but is that a job? I mean, is that always going to be there as well? You know, am I always going to have clients coming through and, and there's a bit of trust, I guess, involved in that. But it's, it, I think it is more difficult when you're not selling a product uh, or something physical. Um, Michelle. But yes. You haven't actually taken the time, and I think you should do that now because it's a good segue to tell oh our listener at home what the hell you are actually talking about. 
Uh, well, I do uh, card readings, um, but they're angel cards, not not tarot necessarily. Um, but I've been doing more mediumship. So what's been really good um, for people who've been connecting with me is during uh, the pandemic where we've had restrictions around funerals, people have been losing family members. And so they've been reaching out to me to connect with those family members and get a little bit of closure. So the reason I love what I'm doing is because I have the ability to connect the living, the people left behind, the relatives with their lost loved one, the person who's passed and give them the reassurance that, yeah, it's okay. It was okay to have only five or 10 people at the funeral and whatever else that they need closure around. So I feel like it's a, a real gift and that gave me goosebumps just saying that, but I feel like it's a real gift and I feel fully supported. I feel like the people are just appearing. Uh, people are saying to me, I've never been on Facebook or I very rarely get on Facebook. I'm more an Instagram person, but I felt compelled to get on Facebook and there you were. So I'm not advertising. It's just I'm popping up in people's news feeds and I can't explain that. That's just what's happening. And people are knocking on my door and on Zoom and meeting up with me and it's, I'm just allowing it. I, I feel like it's just an allowing. Um, and there's a yeah. lot of trust in that. There's a lot of trust in that. So the day I was lost my job, um, seriously, it has been the best day of my life. It's been the best day of my life. Cause I'm one of those people yeah. like you, I've actually never struggled to get a job. That hungry Jack's job that I applied for, I had a friend at school apply for the same job. She didn't get it. I got it. Every job I've applied for, I've always managed to get. So something was telling me, and it was the universe this time, when I was applying for all these jobs and getting all these rejections, I've never had that. I've actually never had to deal with that because even in radio, I just went from company to company and I actually had no, it was like a headhunted, you know, word of mouth, someone mentioned me, I got a phone call, do you want to come and work for us? I've never, I haven't even had to apply for a job in years and years and years. And all of a sudden I'm applying for these things and I'm not getting anything. I mean, there's, it's, it's pretty obvious to me uh, that I'm not supposed to be in that workforce anymore. I'm supposed to be uh, self-employed and that's the direction I was being pushed in. So I've just got to go with it. You know, there's an amazing book that I read. It's called The Surrender Experiment. I think I might've shared that with you before. I don't think you've read it. Have you? No. So it's by Michael Singer and he also wrote the book, The Untethered Soul. And we'll put links to those in the show notes. But the surrender experiment is really, it's so amazing because it's talking about, you know, it's, I'm referencing when you talked about allowing. So the surrender experiment is just basically surrendering to what is because where we get caught up in our minds and when, you know, when things start not to flow is when we deny what is or when we put up roadblockers or we go, but I want it to be this way. I want to be in that job. I want to do that thing. I want, you know, and sometimes things aren't meant to serve you. And it's about what, you know, you just said, it's about going back to that trust and, and just believing there is something better because obviously there's something better for you or you would be doing the thing. I mean, we hear about miracles and interventions and, you know, oh, if I hadn't gone to that place, I wouldn't have met that person. And all the time, you know, there would have been something that would have happened that somebody would have said, you know what, we can't let Michelle go because she is an all-star and we have to find another place for her. And even though you are an all-star and everything, Michelle, that conversation clearly didn't happen. 
And it didn't happen for me because it wasn't meant to be. And it would not have served you and it would not have served me for us to do anything but surrender to what is and allow. And through allowing, that's when we've really allowed, you know, opportunity to enter. We've been able to flow. We've been able to go, cool. You know, we have messages we want to deliver. Let's do it together and bounce off each other. You know, all these things sort of start to happen. And if we had fought any of it, you know, we would have, well, we wouldn't be where we are now, but I think we wouldn't be surrounded with such grace. So one of the quotes that I really love from that book says, I am so grateful that surrender had taught me to willingly participate in life's dance with a quiet mind and an open heart. And that just gave me hella goosebumps because when you do allow, and when you tell your mind, Hey, Hey girl, Let's just be quiet for a minute and just allow, you know, things actually flow for you. And I think that amongst rejection, there is opportunity if you are willing to let it happen. It's one of the hardest things in the world though, Lauren. And I think it's something that I certainly talk to a lot of my clients about is that, um, but what people feel and what we were probably feeling a little bit along our journey, because we're not perfect. We're not divine beings, you and I, we are human. Uh, having a human experience but I think when you feel frustrated and when you feel like man this is like pushing something uphill I'm applying for all these jobs I'm getting all these rejection letters what is this it's just resistance you're obviously being pushed in a different direction and that was up to us you and I to get the message and when you get the message and as you said you start to kind of let go of that a little bit and trust and say well okay I'm applying for these things, nothing's happening, show me the way, kind of show me, you know, bring people into my life that can kind of point me in the right direction. And then the resistance goes and it becomes a lot easier. And that's where you and I found ourselves. But yes, we have had to go through the process. And that's why we put podcasts together because we want to help other people who are going through this with yeah. what we've learned and how we've done it. Um, but we are certainly human and we are having a human experience. What's also been really important for me, I think, as well as having you as a, a support person in my life, is my husband and parents and people like that. And I think we need to surround ourselves with people who lift us up. When we've been through something like what we've been through and you feel like, oh gosh, like I'm useless and what was this about? And, and why didn't they find another role for me as you were talking about? you got to surround yourself with people who go, no, like there's bigger and better things. It's okay. Like those are the people that you want around you in a time like this, because it helps you get through that process, the steps um, of grieving faster. Like you move through it a lot faster. So I've actually found yeah. that's helped me out a lot um, because yeah. especially your mom and dad, I mean, my, my dad is one of my biggest backers and always has been. Uh, he always lifts me up. So that's kind of the first person that was the first person I rang actually when I was on the bathroom on, on, in the bathroom uh, on the floor crying um, was I rang my dad um, and also the running you know we've spoken about that a little bit over the weeks because it gets those happy hormones going so if you've got your support network and you've got your uh, energy exercise even if it's music some people it's music playing music listening to music whatever it is that gets those happy hormones going you want to do more of that to get through the process yeah, I agree. Family for me has been a really big support as well. And, and I just want to echo what you said before, which is, you know, paying attention to the company that you keep because, you know, we don't need people to uplift us in you know a bullshit way because that's just not going to be helpful. You know, you don't want somebody to elevate your ego. That's not what it's about. 
but it's about saying, hey, I understand you're on a different journey and I'm just going to be here to support you and the decisions that you choose to make. And should you have a question or want my perspective, I'll give that to you, but I'm going to back you doing your thing. And I'm lucky enough that I have that every day and you have that too. And yeah, so- and we're... We, in this uh, podcast, we like to talk about inspiration and we're going to give some of our inspirational tips uh, a little bit later. But I think, Lauren, you've got some tips about dealing with rejection, um, especially when looking for work. Um, so is that something you're able to sort of outline for us now? And these, these are sort of tools, you know, tools yeah. for you to um, do what we're yeah. doing and move forward. Yeah, and I think that, you know, at the moment, I know in Australia, you know, around 600,000 people lost their job in April. So there are a lot of people that are out there looking for jobs. And, you know, so I have a few suggestions about that. And, um, you know, some just some tips and tricks in general for, you know, dealing with rejection. And uh, these are sponsored by my new membership, which is the Raw Raw Spirit Team. And if you want to know more about that, we'll leave a link for that in the show notes. But you can also head to rawrawconsulting.com and it's all on there. So first of all, Michelle, it's going back to what you talked about at the very beginning, spoiler alert, thanks for that, (laughs) which is getting clear on what you want. What do you want? You know, when you were talking about your job, you know, you don't want to be a a square peg in a round hole or whatever. Well, what is it that you want? You won't know if something fits you or not if you're not clear on what that looks like. And I think that there's a lot of power in being clear about what you want. And, you know, you can learn more about that from our last manifestation episode. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Because basically, when you know what you want, then the universe conspires to give it to you. And by the way, people should read The Alchemist because that's in there. Have you read that book? I have a copy, but I have actually loaned it out at the moment. It's one of those ones that is always like on and off your bookshelf. Yeah, I'm always loaning it to friends. Yeah. Uh, but you have Bible. Oh, it's a Bible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's amazing. Fabulous. I've got all of his so, books. Paul Aquila, oh, yeah. so good. So anyway, so you need to be clear on what it is that you want. And because when that happens, then you're able to actually go, is this job I'm applying for something I want or is it not? In my opinion, and I'm talking to you from a perspective of somebody who has a partner who is also supporting me at the moment. And I have some savings. So I'm very, you know, aware that I'm in a maybe a different position than other people. But I believe that it's not a good use of your time to apply for jobs you don't actually want. That if you are taking the time that you would spend applying for jobs you don't want and you're using that instead to upskill and learn and read and gain new perspectives and look at YouTube tutorials and look at training and do your affirmations and exercise and eat well and all those fabulous things that are going to elevate your soul, that your time is better spent doing that then it is wasting your time applying for a job that you don't actually want. So when you're clear on what you want, you can easily go, do I want that? Yes or no? No, I better watch that one hour tutorial on how to time manage, or I better watch that one hour tutorial on sales tips and tricks, or you know whatever, that case, whatever the case may be that you want to work on. Because I think that you know, when you're looking for work, especially it's a really good opportunity for you to upskill as opposed to just sitting around waiting for people to call you back. We would recommend, and Michelle's nodding her head, so I know she's got my back on this, that you are proactive and you are productive 
and however that looks like for you. And I'm not saying that you're always that because sometimes you need to allow for rest and relaxation and all that. I get it, but you don't need to do that eight hours a day. Let's be clear, right? Yep. So when you're applying for jobs, my recommendation is read all of the instructions or all of the, you know, the description of the job, read all the different things that the person is saying to you, because I've heard many examples of people who post jobs on different social media platforms and who say, make sure you email me or make sure you apply this way and people aren't paying attention. And so you automatically get put into a category of somebody who can't, you know, read or doesn't pay attention to detail. And that's not going to go well for you. So read the description through. And actually, when you read the description through, that's going to help you determine whether or not it's a job you actually want. Hello. <laughs> Uh, customize your resume and your cover letter for that particular job. And, you know, one of the things that work really well as well is when you're reading a description, if somebody says, I, we really want somebody who's a great team player, then say, I'm a great team player and I showcase this in XYZ examples and I can bring that skill set to you and, you know, that kind of thing. Don't forget that when you're writing a cover letter, people want to know what you can bring to their organization. So they, they want to know, you know, that you're going to come in there with, you know, that you work well as a team and you always have great innovative ideas about how to increase revenue and you've got proven examples of increasing revenue you know, for companies before, or you've got a crazy sales record, or you've generated X amount of traffic to a website and that you want to bring that skill set to elevate the company that, you know, you want to apply for and stuff like that. So think about how is it that you can help the person that you are applying and what's in it for them? Because everyone is always thinking, well, what's in it for me? They want to know what you can do to help them. Canva is a really great uh, website that you can go to. We'll put a link for that in the show notes, but canva.com is basically where you can go and get a bunch of templates for things. So make a great first impression. And you can do that by putting together a really great resume or a and a cover letter on Canva, which looks super professional. It looks as though somebody has done it for you. In fact, you know that you got a designer. The other thing I would recommend too is when you're applying for jobs, if you're printing out a hard copy of your resume and your cover letter, print it on a really high quality paper. Yes, it's going to cost you a little bit more, but it's going to look a million bucks. And when people pick up a piece of paper and it feels quality, they all of a sudden put you in the same, you know, uh, class as that paper and making that first impression. A tool that I would recommend, we'll put a link for that in the show notes as well, is called Grammarly. Grammarly is basically a, uh, like an extension you can put on your browser and it picks up a whole bunch of spelling mistakes that your normal spell checker won't do. So strongly recommend that you use Grammarly when you are putting together your cover letter and your CV because although typos happen, you never want to apply for a job with an obvious typo. I had somebody apply for a job with me one time and they spelt their name wrong. And you just think, seriously, did you not take the time to read over, you know, my message? Plus I've applied, I've had people apply to me before where they say, dear sir, because they just haven't taken the time to understand that maybe, 
you know, if you're not sure if the name is a feminine or male name, just don't put the pronoun in. To whom it may concern. Yeah, to whom it may concern would work, right? Or dear Ms. Tuck or dear Ms. Price or Mrs. Price, Ms. Tuck, (laughs) you know, for example. So pay attention to the person who's posted and, you know, that will be really good for you. Uh, Another recommendation, I've got a few more if that's all right. You haven't fallen asleep, Shaw. Absolutely not. Clean up your socials. Hello. Great tip. Yeah. Hello. I'm talking to you out there. Remember when back a couple of years ago, you and your friends went out and got on the piss and you were scantily clad? That is all good. I'm totally okay with you going out and having fun and dancing and wearing what you feel comfortable. But you don't necessarily want to give that impression to a future employer, especially if that's not, you know, who you are now. People look at your social media. I can tell you right now, every job I've ever worked in, when we are looking at candidates, we are checking out your social media. If you have socials and you really want to keep those photos on there because it was a hashtag memory or something fabulous like that, that's fine. Just make sure that not everyone can see it. Put Change your permissions. You know, look at your passwords or your permission settings and things like that. Because if you have that kind of content and you keep it private, a company might feel okay with that because that's your own private life. But if it's there to share for everyone, they might not want that kind of, well, basically they're going to judge you right away without getting a chance to get to know you, which is unfair, but that's what happens. So, you know, if you want a real shot, you know, make sure that the content that you're putting out there is reflective of the way you want to be represented. All those aspiring politicians listening to us at home right now, um, that's a tip for you as well. Yes, we've seen many of those in our newsroom. Thank you. That's all I wanted to say. Continue. (laughs) There you go. You're hearing from the experts here. Don't take it personally. When you're rejected, don't take it personally. It's sometimes it's not about you. Often it's not about you. It's because guess what? There was a better candidate. There was somebody with more experience. There was uh, an applicant who, you know, was friends with somebody else who could vouch for them. And, you know, they worked together on a business or blah, blah, blah. There's so many reasons. There are so many reasons why people aren't accepted for jobs or why, you know, they're just not the right fit for you. And sometimes, like we learned from my story earlier, it's just not the right fit. And, you know, it's not about you. So don't take that personally. We're going to talk a little bit, tiny bit more about that at the end of the show. Be graceful, especially if you get a rejection letter, because everyone is a potential contact. Now, when you leave a job, I, Michelle, I'm sure I'd love to hear your opinion on this. So when you leave a job, people will always remember your last impression. I can list off people that I know that when they quit... They took sick days, they stopped showing up, they didn't do, they didn't transfer their work over properly. And that's the feeling we got left with from them. Have you had a similar experience? Uh, yeah, we, um, at one of the stations I worked for, we had very much the same thing where someone actually ended up with, um, it was one of our content directors actually ended up with uh, criminal charges. And um, 
we were sort of aware of it, but it wasn't, uh, hadn't been made public uh, and he hadn't been in court yet. So it's very uncomfortable. And he ended up taking all his uh, sick leave, annual leave, stress leave, everything, um, just kept using it all up. And so we had to keep paying him until he um, ended up facing court. So yeah, I've certainly seen that. And, uh, and he's no longer working radio. It, it just, that's it, that bridge is burned. Well, that's a very complicated example of that, but yes, that's so there you, sorry, there you go. Well, I can give you um, my example. My example was me walking around with snot coming out of my nose as I was like, ah, you know, crying as I walked out the door and handed in my little uh, pass. So yeah. Yeah. At the same time, you still tied up your loose ends, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, like I was me. still, I still, am I supposed exactly. to write, am I still writing stories? Like, what am I doing here? Yeah. I was, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, be graceful. The other thing too, is when you get a rejection letter, it would be very classy for you to write back and say, Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to let me know. I appreciate that. I wish you all the best for your company. And should the person that you chose for the business not work out, I would really love an opportunity to discuss with you how I might be able to add value and make money for your business. Bam. Could you imagine getting an email like that from somebody? That is so great. I, you know, I know examples of when people have you know, been rejected and they've sent the person a snarky message that said, that's fine. I got another job anyway. And you go, okay, well, that's cool. But you know, you, you probably had a great opportunity to deal with a, um, you know, a decision maker who might have had a connection at another place that they could have connected you to had you just dealt with that in a great way. So be graceful. That's one thing I would really recommend. Can I ask a question? Yeah, can I ask a question? Uh, If you're waiting, let's say, four weeks, you know, let's say you've had a phone call or two saying, hey, you know, we're going through this election process and you kind of do an interview with someone, um, maybe a recruitment person who's recommending candidates, you know, for shortlisting and things like that. Is it okay if you've had those phone calls, you've got your hopes up, you're like, oh, I'm in the running. And yes. then they indicate that you're going to get a phone call in a couple of days and then it's a week and a half later and you haven't heard anything. Is yes. it okay to follow up? Because I, I sort of wonder about that. Do you make a call? Do you email? What's what's the acceptable yes. thing to do? I, I would, I guess if it was myself in that scenario, I would either call or email. If you're going to call, you should have a bit of a script written down so you know what you want to say so you don't get a little bit flustered because that could happen. The other thing, that way you get an immediate response. The other thing, though, is with an email, you can probably articulate yourself well. And so sometimes people choose to do an email because it's an acceptable way of communicating nowadays. And also it allows you to say the right thing, I guess you could say, to, to, to take the time to really articulate your truth. So in that scenario, I would say, you know, dear Mr. Um, Mr. Tuck, I really have enjo- I really enjoyed talking to you over the last few weeks. I just wanted to reach out and let you know that I'm still really interested in the position, and I wanted to double check. You know, or I wanted to see whether or not you wanted any more information from me, or if you know if the position has already been filled or something like that. Just showing you're interested. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would be okay to follow up. Uh, I will tell you that I did hire somebody before because they reminded me of me and they annoyed me and I hired them. So I was hiring for a particular position and they asked me and they said, oh, are you hiring for, you know, X position? And I said, no, not yet in a couple of weeks. Okay. Well, I got an email from them in a couple of weeks. Are you hiring for that position yet? And I said, uh, 
yeah, actually we're starting to take interviews now. Okay, great. Can I come in or whatever? Can I do an interview? So then they applied and then they followed up again. And they said, I'm really interested. I really want to, you know, be involved. And I thought, oh my God, this person will not leave me alone. All right, I'll bring them in for an interview. And I hired them because they wanted it so much. Because they they didn't, you know, just sit back and they didn't allow it to just, you know, pass them by. They didn't put it on me. Sometimes as a decision maker, you're busy. And so it's, remember when I was saying that it's not about you? you're busy, you're doing so many other things that when somebody can come in and go, hey, remember me, I'm still an ideal candidate for your position, I'm still available, do you want to get me before somebody else does, that might be a light bulb moment where they go, oh yeah, I didn't follow up with that person, or oh yeah, I missed that person's email, or accidentally deleted it and I don't know how to get a hold of that person again. I mean, who knows? So I don't think you lose anything. If anything, you'll get a response and they'll go, I'm sorry, we've already filled the position, uh, but thank you, better luck next time. Or, you know, we decided not to, you know, employ somebody for a few months while the COVID scenario continues to unravel, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I think for peace of mind, I would really recommend doing it. You can do it in a really classy way. And then remember to be graceful with whatever response that you do get. Thank you so much for letting me know. I wish you all the best. Thank you so much for letting me know. I hope to hear from you soon, you know, whatever the case may be. And then the last, the last tip is basically trust that something is coming to you because sometimes, you know, you don't get what you want, you get what you need. And what you need is right around the corner in line with what you want. And if you just surrender and allow, then that will happen. And if you get caught up in the rejection, it won't happen for you as easily. So you know, get clear and um, allow and trust. Yeah. Good tips. Good tips. Great. Yeah, especially that last one. I think that was, um, yeah, hit the nail on the head. Um, for me, I guess I'm, a, I'm going down a bit more of a spiritual path, which is kind of my, my gig. It's what I like to do. Um, and what I remember um, the most after sort of losing my job and, and the weeks following um, was a Zoom chat that I watched before uh, the decision, actually the day before the decision, that's why I feel like it was meant to be. Um, and it was with Mel from the Native Heart. And I'm going to put a link, that's her page on Facebook. I'm going to put a link in um, the show notes so you can check that out. Um, she does weekly chats and things like that. Um, she actually told this story about how she was forced out of her home and she's got two little kids and she's a single mom and she was given five days to get out. And this was during the pandemic, so not an easy time to find a job or a home or anything, really. Um, and so she was freaking out a little bit. And then she was like, all right, you know, the universe is going to guide me. It's going to be okay. Take some deep breaths. And then she was on realestate.com, found uh, a home that she loved and was nearby. And it turns out when she made the call that the owner uh, and herself went to school together. So she's an old friend. And she said, look, you can, you can move in. I'd love to have someone I know in there. I'll leave some furniture. I'll reduce the rent, whatever you need. And she was in there within, she had five days to move. She was in there with two days to spare. I mean, it's just insane. And that I heard that before the day before I was made redundant. I've said to you before, I had a weird vibe about that day, the day yeah. following. Uh, and Tuesday. I, yeah. And just to be kidding, honest, it was the day that set us free. It wasn't exactly. Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, Mel, Mel's great. And like a lot of the stuff that she was talking about for me, I was just like, Oh yeah, yeah. I, I just wasn't really focusing on that. But when that story happened, I was like, 
I need to hear this. And I don't know why it was just something within me said, you need to listen to this. And I want people to start to think about that. A listener at home, you know, what's your inner voice saying to you? And that was something that stood out to me. I was like, no, I need to hear this. And since that time, because obviously my life's worked out pretty well and now I'm self-employed, I'm now telling other people that story because other people are going to find themselves in the same situation and they're going to have to remember to just breathe and it all falls into place. And so once I thought about that story and I was like, okay, and one of the mantras I use is I'm a vessel, use me as you will. I say that to universe. I'm like, I'm willing to go anywhere. Whatever you want me to do, I will do. Next minute I'm working for myself and I'm earning more than I was before uh, as a full-time employee working for somebody else. So I couldn't be happier. And I feel like it's just Sometimes we need to think about our breath, return to our breath and just focus on that for a moment to reiterate what you were saying before about creating space. That's where you create the space. When you focus on your breath and you just sit and be, that's when those wonderful ideas, opportunities, your phone's going to ring, all those things start to happen. Um, and that's, I think, the positive in, in all of this. So that's how I sort of got through. And it all comes down to that big word, which is just trust. It's so hard though. It's so hard. It's, hard, it's easier to say than do. Yeah. It is for only way. sure. And you know what? For our listener at home who has that inner voice that's saying, nothing's going to work out for me, blah, 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 blah. You know, all those negative things. Just say, I trust. Or even just say, trust, trust. And that's enough. Trust as many times as you possibly can, as many times a day as you can. Leave those signs all over your house, you know, and write trust on them, reminders on your phone, trust. And eventually it will be true. Yeah. Someone asked me that the other day, actually, because um, I was telling them pretty much what you were just talking about. And they had a little story that they always tell themselves. It's like, oh, but my life's difficult and nothing's going to change that. And I'm like, you know, that where your attention goes, your energy flows kind of deal it's like, well, if that's what you believe, that's what's always going to happen. That's what you're attracting. So it's what you're saying. It's like, if you, even if you don't believe it, if you, if you just say trust, just the word and see what that feels like and kind of get used to it and roll it around in your mouth a little bit, you start to, it starts to get into your system, into your subconscious. And that's what, that's all we're trying to do. It's really just introducing something new, seeing what it feels like. Uh, it's like putting on a new pair of shoes, wearing them in a little bit, that's all we're asking. It's nothing too difficult. Um, but no. Yeah. And practice. Think, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's time. It's time. I <laughs> was trying to get like you to say. party. We like we like to party. We Where's my like drum? To party. We like we like to party. Yeah. I'm dancing, no, no but no one can see it. <laughs> it's kind of wasted. It's like no one's watching Michelle. <laughs> it is kind of wasted. Um, we can see me, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, it's a bit of a, I look, and this is something new for me, Lauren. Uh, I, I, look, you can give me some feedback if you like. I haven't done the party element before. I'm more the business kind of serious girl. However, you can I'm going go. to give it a go. Uh, and it is a little more mellow. It's no, we're not doing dance tunes. We're not doing anything crazy. Um, what we're sort of talking about this week is it's more about pampering. Uh, because when you're dealing with something like rejection, something where someone's telling you no, it can be a little uncomfortable and we need to kind of give back, back to ourselves because it's a little bit about making ourselves feel good. So it's whatever is surrounding yourself with wonderful people. All those things are great. Doing your exercise, whatever it is, music, lift yourself up. However, 
we also need to give back to ourselves a little bit. And that comes down to self-worth because if you make yourself look beautiful, um, you're going to feel better about yourself and it's going yeah. to complement the other things that you're doing in life. So the things yeah. that I do, one of the, one of the key things, and I am a healer. And so in my healing, I use salt water. So salt is a transmuter of energy. So if you want to get rid of negative energy, launch into your salt bath. I mean, the ocean's fantastic, but if you can't get to the ocean, it's winter, it's freezing, jump in a bath loaded with salt. And I put lavender in there because lavender is actually a really, in terms of the, the uh, oil and the color of that oil, we use it a lot in our healings. Um, it's actually a super transmuter of, of energy. So if you want to feel better, get rid of that energy, the, the feeling around the rejection and, and all of that, jump in that salt bath. And man, I tell you, you get out of the bath, you dry yourself off and you feel a million bucks. Like it is insane. Um, and that's something that I personally do, especially now, you know, I'm working full time helping people and I, I do take on a lot of energy in that work. I mean, I'm doing mediumship. So I've got spiritual energy, I've got, energy, I've got human energy that I'm dealing with. So I need to do that salt bath to survive. Um, the other thing that I use is I uh, have this magic water spray uh, and basic, and people find this very amusing, but uh, vodka is actually a really great transmitter of energy, but I keep telling people it's not internally, we're talking externally. So you put it in your little bottle, a third vodka, the rest water, and then I throw in a bunch of essential oils, um, peppermint, lavender, rose oil, all those sorts of things are wonderful. Um, and you just give your room a spray and it neutralizes and yourself, you spray mm. yourself with it. Um, and I actually use it in my healing the whole lot um, and, you know, spray it on my hands and everything. It's just amazing. And you, you fill your room with that stuff. Oh my God, your life's going to change forever. Um, so the other thing is uh, smudge, um, which is really great. So that's your sage, you know, setting that on fire. Unfortunately, I nearly set the house on fire with that yesterday. It sort of went up in flames while I was doing a reading and it was very smoky. My eyes were stinging and I was coughing and I'm like, let me just sort this out. And because uh, I could see it all happening and I was on Zoom. So she was, she had no idea what was going on. I'm just like, excuse me, um, that was quite embarrassing. Um, but, you know, do that, do that in a very safe way. Um, the other thing that I do, and this is a real self-pampering thing, and it's usually after the bath, is I'll do a face mask. So I have a nice clay uh, face mask. Um, Body Shop, you know, has a, a great range. Um, so, yeah, I just feel like a face mask is really nice. It makes your skin feel all, like, tight and, and lovely. Um, so, yeah, anything that's sort of self-pampering um, is, is great. And I think you've got a few tips around that as well, Lauren. Yeah, one of my tips is, uh, well, just job related for a second would be dressing up when you're applying for jobs. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when you're applying for jobs and you're doing that in your sweats and, you know, you're not really dressed appropriately, you know, for a job, it doesn't put you in the same kind of mode that you need to be in. So I would really recommend that, you know, if Tuesday is going to be the day that I apply for five, six, seven jobs, get up, have a shower, do your makeup, do your hair, or, you know, shave, groom, whatever it is you're going to do, get your business vibe on, do your morning business routine. If, obviously, if you can start with some exercise, that would be great, a run, a jog, a yoga, whatever something like that, and then dress up for the position that you want. I can guarantee you, you'll be feeling different about it and you'll be projecting that in all of the things that you are doing. So that's a huge, huge, huge tip. Uh, another thing is, yeah, is, you know, just echoing the whole self-care thing is dressing up in your own home. You know, I'm not dressed up today. I'm wearing comfy clothes because Michelle and I have that kind of friendship. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the other day I was doing recording some podcasts and I put a little bit of effort in 
And, um, you know, what I did was I, I wore, you know, a necklace and I put a little bit more effort in. I put some makeup on and just did something to just allow me to feel a little bit better. It just elevates me. So, you know, that's the big thing about, you know, doing things that are really going to make you feel good. You know, uh, another thing too is lighting some candles, you know, that actually can change the whole mode. I sometimes I get up early, that's part of my routine. And I actually light a few candles while I, you know, scroll through my phone or read a book or whatever it is I'm doing. And that just makes me feel nourished and a little bit of Zen. Uh, another thing too, that I take is a thing called rescue remedy, which is a, uh, a flower remedy, a box flower remedy, you can get it at, you know, any kind of grocery store and that kind of thing. It really helps with anxiety and just feeling calm. And so sometimes that also helps with self-care. So, you know, those small things, it's also just being aware of the things that you are doing and whether or not they're supporting you. So uh, I'm not recommending this necessarily for everyone, but I am exercising three to four times a week all the time. So I felt that I deserve to buy myself a loaf of sourdough bread and I'm eating that today. So, you know, I think that you can also, I'm not saying that you should reward yourself with food, but I, I find that I get a lot of, you know, pleasure out of eating and I'm not an emotional eater. It's not an issue for me. And so I, you know, treat myself now and again to something like bread, <laughs> sourdough bread. So, yeah, I don't know how you think about that, treating yourself with food, Michelle, if, whether or not that's a slippery slope, but that's the way that I, I like to do things. So. Yeah, I, I actually think it's really nice because it's a bit of um, pleasure um, with food. I mean, food is nourishment. And I think as long as it's, you know, if you're rewarding yourself with a bag of uh, CCs, corn chips or something like that, I mean, it's a different story. I, I think that if you're going to put the effort in, which is that physical activity, sure, you know, food's nourishment and it's um, it makes you feel good. So why not? Yeah, I'm all, all with you on that. Um, I love chips too, though. Just well, yeah, bag of corn <laughs> chips, a whole bag. I don't know. I don't know. I'm thinking the big bag. I'm thinking the big bag. Yeah. So yeah, okay. No. Within moderation. Let's say within moderation. We want to be. We want to be. We want to be uh, recommending healthy. Uh, healthy yeah. tips. Yeah. Um, but or balance, you know. I guess you just balance. do what feels right for you, right. and you know, I because I I'm a person that I don't overindulge in in like naughty food necessarily. But when I do eat it, I'm not going to feel guilty. I'm just going to love it. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing too. Because if you're going to do that, you're going to eat your bread. You're going to do your thing. Don't feel guilty. Just own it. Because yeah. you don't want to be Ill eating the emotion of guilt. That just is not good. It's it's eating consciously. And one of the great um, things you mentioned, Eckhart Tolle, before um, in the New Earth podcast. And he talks, the lady rings up and talks about eating a whole, you know, two bowls of chips, hot chips, um, and drinking a glass of wine. And he said, if you eat them consciously... I guarantee you're going to get through about one or two, uh, maybe three, and you're going to not want the rest of them. And it's when you're just yeah. sort of shoving them in your mouth, uh, watching TV or whatever you're doing, yeah. that you're not really focusing on it. So it's like focusing on the taste and what it feels like in your body. And I'm sure you'll be doing that with your bread later on. So it's just about eating consciously. Yeah, yeah? eating consciously. Yeah. yeah. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> So, <laughs> we all uh, we all wish you the best with your uh, your local sourdough, <laughs> <laughs> Lauren. I think we should probably mention um, what's coming up next because there's something to look forward to for people um, who are maybe finding themselves in this situation. And it's a yeah. little more lines of what we we're talking about today. We're going to have different different tips and tricks and different stories and things that we've experienced with regard to this. And we're talking about self doubt. 
And importantly, the imposter syndrome, Lauren, you're really driving this and this is kind of, I guess, your baby. So if you can just maybe mm. out a bit more about what that's about. Yeah, sure. I think that, you know, I alluded it today a little bit when I went for a drive, I was feeling a little bit low. And I think that, you know, I, I totally trust the process. So I'm definitely, you know, but I do have those moments where, you know, you go, well, do I still stay the course or do I veer off the course for a bit? you know, for, to make a little bit of money here and there, what do I do? Right. You know, it's, it's difficult sometimes to know, but when you create space, that's when inspiration happens and that's what happened for me. And so I, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit more about self-doubt because I'm pretty sure it's something that you could also talk about too and share, you know, your thoughts on that. And then the imposter syndrome and the imposter syndrome is something that a lot of people struggle with, even if they don't necessarily know that it's, it's actually been called the imposter syndrome. So the imposter syndrome, according to psychology today, the definition is the imposter syndrome is a psychological term referring to a pattern of behavior where people doubt their accomplishments and have a persistent, often internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Not an actual disorder, the term was coined by clinical psychologists Pauline Clance and Suzanne Imus in 1978 when they found that despite having adequate external evidence of accomplishments, people with imposter syndrome remained convinced that they don't deserve the success they have. So, Michelle, I think that that's something that probably a lot of people, you know, it's almost the who am I to succeed? Who am I to, you know, have my all of my dreams come true? And, you know, who are you not to have all that? So we're going to be talking about self-doubt, the imposter syndrome and how to work through that stuff all coming up next week. Oh, love it. I can't wait for that. That's um going to be full of inspo and uh, more great tips. We're going to put in more links as we do every week. Um, you know, we just want to make lives better, make your life better. And that's kind of our, our aim. So I think that's going to be a good one. Can't wait. All right. So that has been the business in the front. Party in the back podcast. podcast. And if you love it, please share it with your friends. And if you don't love it, please don't tell anyone. <laughs> Catch you next week. Thanks, Michelle. Great show.